God says, what I want to do is put you in a place where I can bless you. And the best place to receive the best blessings is to have purity before God. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue a message called Preparation for Your Destination. And uh, Pastor, I sometimes wonder how many times we do miss out on the blessing of God because we're not in a place, a position where He is going to give us that blessing. Because we just have willful sin in our life. Because we are, in a sense, thumbing our nose at him and saying, you know, I'm just going to do this on my own without your blessing. Do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yesterday we talked about Joseph. Let me go back. Mm -hmm. We said he went to the pit. He went to Potiphar's. He went to prison. He went to the palace. But his purity is the hinge. So when he was at Potiphar's, Miss Potiphar Mm -hmm. tried to step to him, that's a colloquialism, and said, Joey, get your swerve on. Those are the colloquialisms. She wanted him to have sex with her. He said, speak to the hand. My soul does not understand. I cannot do this sin against God. That's the key. His purity was the key because if he would not have been pure before God, then he would not have went to prison. Right. And if he would not have went to prison, then he would not have met the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. And if he would not have met them, he would not have been presented to the king as the king's answer to his nightmares. And yeah. so, see, his purity was that which promoted him. That's why First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that we as believers are to possess our bodies in sanctification and honor. What does that mean? It just means that we, unless we are married, mm-hmm. uh, we need to understand that God has created sex for marriage. And uh, that we can preclude and keep God from blessing us because we're not in the place to receive the blessing because God is not going to bless us in our mess. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was reading recently in uh, the book of First Peter, and Peter talks about um, the love of God, but he also talks about the holiness of God. And I was Amen. just struck by how those two things are so closely tied together. And Peter's saying, no, you are to live a holy and righteous life. And as you do, then you will be able to love God as you should, experience his love as you should. You'll be able to love others as you should and experience their love as you should. Those two things are so tied together. And I think sometimes we miss that. Amen. Well, right now, grab a Bible and join us in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 as we continue this message, preparation for your destination. Here's Pastor Ford. If you don't want to use a dirty plate, why would you think God would want to use a dirty vessel? Now, I can use that dirty plate if I want to put some dirt in a pot. Well, not with my wife around, but I do it all the time. It don't have to be clean dish to put dirt in her plants. Don't y'all tell, I shouldn't even say that. I always, I, I always get myself in trouble. There's two glasses. There's a dirty one, and there's a clean one. Which one would you rather drink out? One, two, three. Clean. Clean. 
clean. God says, what I want to do is put you in a place where I can bless you. And the best place to receive the best blessings is to have purity before God. Who can ascend to God's holy hill? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. God says, even in worship, you get close to me, you got to be clean. Vessels unto honor. Now look at the analogy uh, that he uses. He says, wherefore, and so we understand that he's going back to verse 11. What does the verse 11 say? Now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward he yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Here's what he's saying. You've been disciplined by God and you're railing against it and you're getting upset about it when Proverbs chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 says that we should not get upset about God disciplining us. And the writer of the book of Hebrews quotes Solomon in Proverbs. Listen to it. Verse 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. So then the he writer book of Hebrews says, if God never disciplines you, it means you don't belong to him. So now he's tying it up. He says, okay, discipline doesn't seem to benefit us at first because it hurts. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And so what he's saying, in essence, discipline is for your benefit, even though you're not going to like it. Anybody's mama like my mama, here's what she'd say. She'd say, now, boy, I'm going to whoop your tail until it broke like okra. And I need you to know this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I couldn't stand that. And in, in my mind, I would be saying over and over again, well, if it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me, then you should let me whoop you so it will hurt me more than it hurts you. I never said it not one time. Only reason I'm saying it now because mama in heaven. Because she heard it on the tape, she'd whoop me. And she would. Amen. So this is going to hurt. Ask me how I know. Say, how do you know? The words lift up is one word in Greek. Here's what it literally means. To restore to straightness by snatching the bone in place. Boy, I remember when I was playing football in the Marine Corps and I was an outside right linebacker. Play was coming my way and I knew it. And uh, they had a big old defensive lineman coming toward me. He hit me, but I saw a fullback, uh, and I reached my hand out uh, to grab him, and I grabbed his shirt. Big mistake. He's hitting me here. He's carrying it here. Popped my shoulder out. And I was, oh, oh. Coach ran out, grabbed my arm, snap. Woo! Go to sick bay. They give me an x-ray. They say, man, no torn ligaments. He popped it in, and everything's okay. It was painful. It was painful. He says, this is going to hurt. Now, get this. Watch this now. He quotes Isaiah 35.3. Isaiah 35.3. Now, that's 700 years. Isaiah quotes Moses in the Torah or the Pentateuch 2,000 years. 
I want to ask you a question I want you to think about. We don't have time for you to answer it, but at least think about it. Why does the writer of the book of Hebrews use a 2,700-year-old scripture to talk about what's happening now? Because nothing has changed from 700 years ago. Nothing has changed from 2000. What we're seeing today in Christians who are not committed is nothing new. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm going to go back and show you. Now, now where is he taking it from? Guess where he takes it from? When they were going to go to the promised land, and they had left Egypt, and they're in the wilderness. Somebody tell me what wilderness is all about. Testing. Jesus in the wilderness. Testing. What's wilderness all about? Testing. They're in the wilderness. They're being tested. What do they want to do? Go back to Egypt. Remember how they memorialized Egypt. How they had selective memory. We remember the leeks and the garlics. You ain't eat that. You didn't eat that. They didn't give you that. You was a slave making bricks without straw. You forgot that? You were under the bondage of faith. You forgot that? What you got to go back to? It's like Peter said, where can we go? You got the words of life. And so he says, they want to go back. Now, here's, here, I want to apply it. Say, apply it, Pastor. Here's the problem that they had when Isaiah quoted it. And when he quoted Moses, he was saying 2,000 years ago they had this problem. You got it now. Now, 700 years, you got it. And guess what? Now, some of us have it. What is that? Wilderness weariness. You got the promise. You want the product, but you don't want to go through the process. Yeah, there's a process, and often the process is painful. But you need to understand that the process is what gets you to the product, that you can have the promise, and you can look forward to the product, but if you don't go through the process, you don't get the product, even though you have the promise. Mm, I hope this is making sense to somebody. So the word was used in Luke 13, 10 through 13, you can see it, uh, where he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Same two words, lift, couldn't straighten herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, her, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmities. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. Same root word and glorified God. She's able to straighten up. What's he telling us? You are a believer, but you're walking crooked. Straighten up. And when I preach this passage, you already know the title I'm going to give it. Woman, straighten yourself up. And so what's happening here? Getting weary and lowering the standard in three areas according to this verse. Here they are in the beginning of the next verse. Here it is. Hands is symbolic language for praise and performance. So that no longer are you praising, or as Sister Jackson shared with us, your worship doesn't meet the biblical standard of what worship ought to be. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Preparation for Your Destination. And we'll get back to this teaching in just a moment. You know, if you're uh, ever in the Chicago area, and you want to visit Pastor Ford's church, Christ Bible Church of Chicago, and hear him speak live, you can get all the information at our website by clicking on the About link. 
There's also a link on the church's website on our Stay Connected bar. And you're going to find that Stay Connected bar right there on our homepage. Really a helpful uh, spot there on the homepage because you're going to find links on the Stay Connected bar to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and a link that will allow you to download the Moody Radio app. So come check it out. Our website address again is treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. So remember praise. They lift their hands. Literally means what? Exaltation. And the Jews would pray with their palms up. Exaltation. We exalt thee, O Lord. What else? Expectation. Just like, just like this little baby right here. She, got it. she put her hands up to mimic her pastor. Well, thank you, baby. Amen. Uh, but when she does it for you, what does she mean? Pick me up expectation and then what examination ever go to the table you must say you ain't wash your hands let me see them so lifting hands exaltation expectation examination and he's saying you've lowered the standard in those areas so then your praise and your performance is not up to snuff there is a criteria for service and you're not meeting it There's a criteria for praise and worship, and you're not meeting it. So he says, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Do a checkup from the neck up so you can be sound up from the ground up. That's what he's saying. Okay, I see y'all don't like this. Let me move on. We'll get to something something more more positive. Knees is symbolic for prayer. So here's what he's saying. Your praise is not what it ought to be. Your performance is not what it ought to be. Your prayer is not what it ought to be. I confess that tonight. Y'all missed it. Feet is symbolic for pathway. So the way you're walking. Uh, so what, what's happening here? Here's what we says. We says, wherefore the hands that are relaxed and the knees that have become paralyzed reinvigorate. That's what he wants us to do. And so what's happening here? Our progress is being held up by what we won't let go of. They would not let go of Egypt. And so they died out in the wilderness. So, so you say, what's he talking about? Okay, now, let, let me show you something. Let me show you something. How many, when I said evaluate on the inside, thought of sin? Because that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about sin. What's he talking about? He believes you're beyond that. He's talking about the things that God has given us that help us to mature. It's everything we need for growth. What is it? It's called uh, the obedience wheel. That Jesus is the center of our joy, right? And this is our obedience which everything flows out of our obedience to God. And what goes here? Uh, The Word of God. Every believer needs these things to grow. If you're not doing them in proportion, you're not growing the way God wants you to grow. Word of God. And what do we do with the Word of God? There are 11 things that we do with God's Word. I ain't got time to go over them, but you know what they are. Come on, holler them out. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Apply the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Share the Word of God. Okay, all of those. Then prayer. Prayer. And then there's nine kinds of prayer. Nine kinds of prayer. Go ahead, name some of them real quick. Come on, come on. Okay. Lamentation, confession, thanksgiving, 
praise, adoration, all right. Then there's stewardship, and that's the six T's. What are the six T's? Time, talk, treasure, thought, truth, and talk. Then what? Fellowship, and that is both spiritual, quote, unquote, I'll put it in quotes because there's no such thing for us as social, spiritual and social. So I'm just talking about what somebody already said, in church, out of church. And then what's the last one? Witnessing, sharing your faith in Jesus Christ. Your worship is right here with Jesus. Why? Why is worship centered with Christ? Because everything we're supposed to be doing now is worship. Your work should be worship. That's what Romans 16 says, that your work is worship. Your witnessing is worship. Your giving is worship. Everything is worship. We are worshipers. That's who we are. Okay, so now, let me tie it together. That's what he's talking about. So, what's the big deal? Write this down. See it, Joseph? His purity became his platform for his promotion. I'm going to end at this point, but let me show you something. I'll put two pictures down. Uh, Let me tell you about uh, uh, the first one. Here is what... Tiger Woods lost uh, by cheating on his wife. $22 million in endorsements. Shareholders in the things that he was endorsing lost between $5 to $12 billion. His wife got $750 million custody of their children and custody of the mansion that he still owes $54 million on. That's what his purity cost him. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What was the key? Because I want to tie it in. You say, you say yeah, yeah, I want to evaluate. Yeah, because I, I want to live right. I want to go. No, no, you need to understand something. What he's trying to get you to see is the relationship between your purity and your progress where your purity becomes a platform to your promotion. What is it that brought him to the palace? Of everything that happened to him, what is the one key thing? His purity. When he did not get his swerve on. When he said, I cannot do this sin against God. So he didn't say against Potiphar, his wife, himself, his people, the Egyptians. He said, it's a sin against God. Why? All sin is a sin against God. So what happens? Because he maintained his purity, he was able to make progress, and the purity became a platform to his promotion. She accused him of rape. But if he would have went on and got his swerve on, it'd be a different story, wouldn't it? It'd be a different story. But because he kept himself pure, what happened? He went to jail. But if he never went to jail, he never would have met the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. And if he never would have met them, the butler would have never known there's somebody in prison who can interpret the king's dream. And so all of that became a platform for where he's going. Now, my question to you is, can God promote you because of your purity? 
Or does he have to hold up your progress until you clean yourself up? Because he's not going to do it. So that you and I understand God delights in what he's doing through us. But he wants clean vessels to do it. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ came on the scene. Uh, because God needed somebody who was without sin. And so then he had Mary impregnated by the Holy Spirit so that the human bloodline would not be passed down to Jesus Christ. So that he would have the bloodline of his father, the Holy Spirit, which was pure blood. And so because he was a pure person with pure blood, we got a pure sacrifice. Whereas the priest would go in the temple every day, two and three times a day. Jesus went in one time, offered his blood on the mercy seat, and then sat down. What does it mean when somebody sits down? It means the work is completed. It means that God is satisfied. So John tells us he is the propitiation for our sin and not for our sin only, but for the sins of the world. The word propitiation means satisfaction. It's the Greek word helestrion. Guess what it can be translated? Mercy seat. Jesus is the mercy seat for you and I, that God gives us forgiveness based on the purity of the blood of his son. Because God delights. Will he use us? I'm going to say next week. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Just look at me. Just look at you. I'm a crooked stick. Used to push drugs, all that kind of stuff. You're a crooked stick. And God's drawing straight lines with crooked sticks. But he wants us to be clean crooked sticks. Amen. I hope that's encouraging to you if you've got baggage and who amongst us doesn't to know that God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Preparation for Your Destination. And if you joined us a little bit late and you want to maybe go back and listen to this program in its entirety or the previous uh, broadcast in the short series, come to our website, listen online. The website address is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, Pastor Ford's back in the studio with me here. And pastors, I sit in the Moody Radio studios. I'm just reminded of the legacy of Moody Radio, how God has used Moody Radio for years and years, generations, really, to share the gospel message. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we want to see that continue, Steve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we hear from so many listeners who have benefited from listening to this teaching ministry. And if you're listening and you're one of them, would you consider paying it forward? Steve talked about the fact that we have a legacy, a long lasting legacy. And if the Lord has used this program in your life, you can help cover our production costs by giving a one-time gift or becoming a monthly partner today so that we can continue to be here in the future for others who need to hear the truth of God's word. Well, you can pay it forward right now. Just come to the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You're going to see a donate link there. Go ahead and click on that. And that can be a one-time gift, or you can give a reoccurring monthly gift. That really helps us be great stewards of how God is going to bless this ministry financially. So go ahead, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and look for that donate link. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening. And thanks also to our Bible teacher, Pastor Ford, and our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.